All right. Greetings, golf fans, and uh, welcome back. Uh, it's it's very, very pleasant to be back with you after a uh, a week off. But uh, before we begin, I wanted to let you all know that this episode of the Golf Guide podcast is very proudly presented by Volume 22 of Pacific Coast Golf Guide magazine, which is going to be available at a golf course near you beginning next week. Uh, we are scheduled to get these magazines back from the printer this weekend, and they will begin going into circulation across the West Coast beginning next week. What can you find in Volume 22 of Pacific Coast Golf Guide magazine? You can find a complete directory of every single golf course in California, Hawaii, Nevada, Oregon, and Washington. Information on every single golf course, public, private, resort, military, it just doesn't matter. We have got you covered. And in addition to all those courses in our directory, we've also got a couple of great editorial features in there for you. Uh, one written by our friend, uh, noted golf course designer and architect Brett Hochstein on uh, one of California's foremost golf course architects. We also have rankings of the Pacific Coast top par three golf courses. We have a feature on one of the newest Lynx golf destinations in America at Gamble Sands up in Washington. It is a really great magazine that I am very proud of, and I'm excited to be able to have uh, that come out and share it with all of you here in the coming weeks. So keep that in mind. This episode presented by Volume 22 of Pacific Coast Golf Guide, available near you beginning next week. And without further delay, let's get into it with another episode of the Golf Guide Podcast, everybody. Uh, as I said at the top of the podcast, it really is uh, just such a delight to be back with all of you. Uh, you know, my apologies. Uh, you, we, we never really like to skip an episode of the podcast, but last week, I was just, uh, you know, I, I was neck deep in uh, production for the pod or the podcast, the magazine that I'd mentioned to you guys in uh, on the top. Um, and again, it's th this magazine. I'm really excited. It's going to be an awesome, awesome little publication. It's a phenomenal resource uh, for anybody. It's, you know, it, it's funny. Some people talk to me like, dude, why, why are you printing a magazine? It's <laughs> like, don't you know we have the Internet? Which, you know, I, I can't really deny that the Internet is wildly useful especially when it comes to looking up golf courses and looking up really detailed information and reading up about any given golf course, there is no resource uh, that can contend with the internet. But I will contend to you this, when you actually have one of these magazines just sitting on your desk and you can actually be looking up contact info and information about the golf course in terms of price and length and stuff like that without ever you know, touching your mouse pad or using a keystroke and just having it to thumb through, you would be amazed at how useful and convenient it is. So, I've been doing it my entire life. I've been around this business since, shoot, I was nine years old. Um, been doing it a full-time capacity now for a couple of years. And this magazine, I really believe, is going to be the best one yet. And I'm very excited to share it with all of you. But you are not listening to this golf podcast to hear me rant about my job. Um, so let's get in and talk a little bit of golf here. I've got a heavy, heavy news day for you. A lot of things that we need to catch up on, especially since I was not able to join you last week. Um... And you know what, we're just going to start uh, with basically some professional news. I, I got a couple items that, you know, uh, relate to the professional game and then a couple of news items um, that are you know, both locally or affect you, the golfing consumer or recreational weekend warrior. 
Uh, so let's begin with this thing that uh, has kind of been taking the golf world by storm here um, these last few days, and that, of course, is the behavior of uh, 2017 Masters champion and also noted Spaniard prick Sergio Garcia. Um, you know, it was so disappointing. Again, I'm sure every one of you listening to this is probably familiar already, but just in case you are not, Sergio Garcia was disqualified from the inaugural European Tour event held in Saudi Arabia um, for conduct detrimental to everybody involved. He, he allegedly was damaging greens intentionally uh, because they weren't supposedly up to his standard in terms of care. Um, I, I don't know if they use Paspalum or uh, Bermuda grass or anything on the greens, but for whatever reason, Sergio Garcia felt that the greens out there were not um, were not up to his standard, and he began damaging them. Uh, five greens, from what I understand, in total. Uh, and that's in addition to the viral video that uh, leaked out uh, from Jeff Shackelford about him just going and throwing a wild temper tantrum in a bunker. That allegedly happened the day before uh, he went on to damage all the greens. So really just unbelievably poor look for Sergio Garcia, who had really won so much goodwill uh, with his 2017 Masters. Um, for me, you know, this is not a time to celebrate, but it also, it does let me know that it was okay that I didn't want Sergio Garcia to beat Justin Rose in that 2017 Masters. I, If you go back and listen to the podcast we did afterwards recapping the tournament, I was not very stoked for Sergio Garcia to win. He's obviously got a great, really, you know, interesting and unique kind of flowy golf swing that's fun to watch. Um... But for most of his career, Sergio Garcia, the man, has just been kind of a douchebag. And this behavior, it it shines a light on the fact that deep down, even though he is now a major champion, even though he has a family, a beautiful wife and a child and all that kind of good stuff, deep down in his bones, when it comes to him playing golf, he seems like he is really just still an asshole. And uh, that, that is super disappointing. I know that I'm not the only one uh, to voice um, this opinion of Sergio. And in fact, I, I may have a little bit of uh, ass kissing to do here in that, you know, last fall, last, you know, I think late last summer, the beginning of last fall, I, I spent an entire podcast uh, more or less talking about how I was not a huge fan of now three-time major champion Brooks Kepka. I think I may have done that for the PGA Championship recap where I, I just had several issues with Brooks Kepka. The way he talked about golf, the way he seemingly just didn't really have an interest in golf and was only playing it because he just happened to be really good at it and it was making him a lot of money. And, you know, I was hoping to get a little more out of him. It it, it bums me out when I see people playing a lot of golf who don't enjoy it. Uh, I just never like, you know, seeing people do things that don't make them happy. I mean, obviously, most of us work for a living, so we all have to do that to a certain extent. But uh, when it comes to something like golf, it, it just uh, it really bums me out to see people playing it that don't actually like it now. Whether or not that's really the case, I've never sat down and talked to Brooks Kepka personally, so I, I can't confirm whether or not that's true. I know he also has a beef with my favorite writer, Alan Shipnuck, so that didn't make me very happy. But um, on <laughs> on a podcast this uh, past couple days, Brooks Kepka went on record and called Sergio Garcia's actions at the tournament in Saudi Arabia um, to be that of a child, um, and you know just called him out basically being like, dude, what the guy did was completely unacceptable. He was acting like a child. He's not setting a good example for everybody. And you know what? 
for Brooks. Do you know what? Let me put this thing down real quick. That is a round of applause for Brooks Kepka for just being the only guy um, in, in a sport full of guys that are completely afraid of bad press and being misquoted and having anything even considered remotely controversial on record. Um, it was really, really nice to see Brooks Kepka come out and just call it like he says, and be like, dude, this guy was acting like a child. I mean, the temper tantrum we thought we saw Sergio Garcia throw in that bunker, that is the kind of shit that you saw some just annoying 13-year-old kid playing in like an NCGA or an AJGA tournament who has a super overbearing dad following him around and watching him. And finally, you know, he just hits a bad shot and he just cracks, you know, and it just starts going, just just having it at the bunker. I bring this up. It's it's not because it's like I, you know, saw this kind of thing happen repeatedly when I was a junior golfer. But anyway, um, it was just, just it was disgusting. Like, I mean, you know, from a from a golf viewer standpoint, Sergio Garcia's actions were absolutely disgusting. And I think it's kind of criminal um, that the European tour did not suspend him. I mean, they obviously disqualified him from the tournament, but dude, if you're going to go around fucking up greens and basically, you know, ruining the <laughs> the competition, you know, ruining the cert, you know, the, the playing field for other competitors, uh, not only should you be disqualified, you should, you know, you should be fucking suspended, man. And uh, I think Jeff Shackelford went on did a uh, segment on the Golf Channel afterwards saying that, you know, it's actually going to hurt Sergio Garcia that he's not suspended because at least would give him an opportunity to kind of disappear. Uh, for a little while, you know, not be seen, help people kind of forget it about a little bit. But um, the latest thing that I saw is that he's scheduled to actually appear next weekend at the Genesis Open at Riviera Country Club. And my word, if if he actually does show up, I am going to be fascinated um, to see what kind of a reception that 2017 Masters champion gets on the heels of this uh, controversy in Saudi Arabia, which let's take a quick little side note here. The fact that the European Tour did have an event in Saudi Arabia um, in the current political climate, again, this is just one man's opinion. This is, you know, this is my own opinion. I think it was pretty disgusting. Um, you know, just now that we have more reports coming out from the United States intelligence community that uh, there's like a 99% chance that the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia is responsible for the murder of uh, Jamal Khashoggi, the Washington Post reporter, um, you know, Tiger Woods and Paul Casey both turned down hefty appearance fees um, to play at the event in Saudi Arabia, uh, citing uh, moral reasons. And, you know, it's <sighs> granted, like, I'm not really thrilled that a lot of the top guys in the world, Dustin Johnson, who went on to win the event, Brooks Kepka, a bunch of other guys, you know, did succumb to the money grab and did take those big appearance fees to go play in it. But Keith Pulley in the U- in the European tour should be fucking ashamed of themselves. I mean, there's only so many ways that we can impact and, you know, force change in the world. And events like this that have a lot of eyeballs in it that aren't super serious but do mean a lot to a lot of people, um, to, to host an event there amid all of this, uh, I, I found it to be somewhat appalling. I did not tune into any of the Saudi Arabia tournament um, for that very reason. I just, you know, I, I found it to be somewhat appalling. And so between them, you know, forcing this uh, <laughs> forcing this tournament into existence uh, amid all the turmoil and then not disqualifying Sergio Garcia, or I should say not suspending Sergio Garcia, um, the European Tour, <laughs> bad week, fellas. A really, really bad week. Not impressed. 
Um, hopefully they can get their shit together. They are going down to now play a really cool tournament down in Australia uh, this upcoming weekend. So while uh, the PGA Tour in America and American golf fans have their eyes on Pebble Beach for the Pro-Am this weekend, um, the European Tour is going to be playing a cool uh, men's women's mixed event down in Australia, which should be a lot of fun. Um, but either way, the last week for the European Tour... Bad on you guys. I, I hope you guys can get your shit together and uh, <laughs> and not just be so terrible going forward, all right? That, that, that's all that I ask. Um, and since we did mention Brooks Kepka, uh, I do want to continue to atone for some of those statements that I made last year. In addition to his criticism of Sergio Garcia, I was also really impressed that uh, Brooks Kepka had a quote um, maybe a week or two ago regarding pace of play and... You know, basically talking about how he doesn't understand how guys can take a minute and 20 seconds or a minute and 15 seconds to play a golf shot. Brooks, I am with you, brother. I, I, I don't understand it either. These guys are the best in the world, which means they should not be taking longer uh, than every single weekend warrior to get up and hit a golf shot. Um, you know, the, the pace of play issue continues to be just really, really terrible. Five-hour rounds of golf... I'm sure most of you guys listening to this are familiar. Five-hour rounds of golf suck. They are awful. And, you know, I, I was lucky enough last week. I went out to go play on Wednesday here at my local municipal golf course. Twilight started at 1 o'clock. I had some things to do for work. Um, you know, granted, could I have been out re- recording a podcast? Maybe, but I had just been locked in my office for, you know, 14 hours a day just trying to get this magazine together. And finally, I had a little break on late Wednesday afternoon. I was like, you know what? I need some fresh air. The weather outside is gorgeous. Let's go get it done. You know, got out there about 135, 140, snuck off on the back nine. I played 18 holes in two hours and 40 minutes. Now, granted, I was by myself, but I was walking. There's a, a little bit of a, a walk in between some holes. And it, it just... <laughs> I so seldomly ever get to go play golf where I get to hit pretty much every golf shot without waiting on somebody in front of me. And holy shit, it it makes such an amazing difference. And it really allows you to kind of get into a groove that you really can't get into um, if you're kind of stopping and starting, waiting for people and moving slow and things like that. And, uh, you know, just to go on with Brooks Kepka, not only is a minute and 20, I, I wonder if these guys would actually play better if they just ended up taking like 25 seconds, you know, it, I, I'm very much a proponent of the thinking is stinking camp. Um, the more I think about a shot, the more ways I can think of to fuck it up. And, you know, if, if these guys, they're so good, they're just natural, just naturally so gifted when it comes to golf that if they just get a yard, they, you know, they're, they're walking up to their caddy, gives them the specs, you know, how much green they have to work with, how much the front edge to the pin to the back edge, everything like that. Once they get those things calculated, their first instinct, they just pull that club, they set up, and they go. I, I would be shocked if there was really any difference in scoring. And you know what? I wouldn't even be surprised if scores maybe went a little bit lower. I, 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 I'm i serious. Um, and at least from a spectator standpoint, people that are going to watch these golf tournaments live, just, you know, watching J.B. Holmes just slum over and spend three minutes, you know, deciding whether or not he wants to lay up or not. It's just, it's disgusting. And I... <laughs> Long story short, I was very happy to see Brooks Kepka um, voice his displeasure with the uh, the pace of play issue. Uh, again, I have no idea what the PGA Tour is going to do about this. They have to do something. I don't know how they're going to implement um, or force players to begin playing faster. Um, but that will be a interesting kind of storyline to follow because, again, it's, it's something that's going to have to get addressed. And uh, so we will see what shakes. 
Um, I did mention that the AT&T Pro-Am is going to be starting tomorrow. I'm recording this podcast on Wednesday, February 6th, 2019. It is about 10 o'clock in the morning. And, you know, it's uh, somehow, someway, I am once again not going to be able to make it down to the AT&T Pebble Beach National Pro-Am, um, formerly the Crosby Clambake. And actually, here's a fun little fact that some of you might not have known. Uh, I did read on Andy Johnson's Friday newsletter that the tournament started in the early 1940s at Monterey. Well, fun fact for all of you guys, the initial Crosby Clambake, hosted by Bing Crosby, the first two tournaments, are you ready for this, were not in Monterey. Yeah, that's right. The first couple of Crosby Clambakes were actually contested down in Rancho Santa Fe down in San Diego, all right? where he had it for a couple of years. It was a much smaller tournament, and then uh, it took a couple of year hiatus uh, due to World War II, and then when the tournament rebooted after the war, uh, Bing Crosby relocated it up to the Monterey Peninsula to take advantage of all the terrific golf up there with Pebble Beach, Cypress Point, and the Monterey Peninsula Country Club. Uh, you know, it, it, it's, you know, when you read, it, it's amazing what kind of stuff you learned. I, I'm in the middle of rereading the match right now, and I've kind of uh, had that little tidbit uh, <laughs> come back to me as I was reading everything, so I thought that was pretty cool. Just wanted to share that with all of you guys. But um, this weekend, you know, it's always one of the best tournaments of the year. If you listen to our last podcast with my friend Jess Stemack, you know, he said as much. It really is one of the best cocktail parties in all of golf. Um, notice I didn't, you know, said cocktail party. I did not say the waste management. The waste management is where you go drink Long Island iced teas, and, you know, green, you know, blue, you know, beverages with seven or eight shots of, of liquor. Anyway, that that tournament looked like it was a lot of fun at the Waste Management last week, but, but God damn it, that place looked like a shit show. Um, but the tournament this weekend should be a lot of fun. We're going to see the debut of Internet Sensation Hosung Choi, uh, or Choi Hosung, um, which is going to be a lot of fun. Um, guys are playing Aaron Rodgers, Chris O'Donnell, Bill Murray, um, Matt Ryan, you know, there's just going to be all sorts of really big names playing in Monterey this weekend. The weather is not supposed to be fantastic, which uh, is a little bit of a bummer, but um, this golf course in that part of the world is so damn beautiful that I'm just not really sure it even matters all that much. It is going to be a wildly good time. If it were not for this magazine coming in this weekend that I needed to prepare uh, for circulation and distribution, I would be down there as well, but I hope that uh, my lack of presence there certainly does not impact you uh, being able to get out to the Monterey Peninsula and enjoy this really spectacular golf tournament. It is going to be a lot of fun. Um, I will be watching this weekend. I am going to be trying to be playing golf on Saturday and Sunday, but uh, when I'm not playing golf, I will uh, I will be watching everything going down on the Monterey Peninsula. And then finally, two last little items here. Uh, I did briefly manage the uh, the wasted management God damn, it's good to see Ricky back get back in the winner's circle, is it not? Um, now, it certainly uh, was not a smooth journey on Sunday, you know, making a triple bogey, um, you know, chipping a ball over the green in the water. Uh, <laughs> lucky for him, everybody else on Sunday also decided to shit their pants, uh, and he pulled out of there with a two-stroke win. Uh, again, if you don't like Ricky Fowler, um, you confuse me. I, I don't really know why you wouldn't like Ricky Fowler. He certainly doesn't have to be your favorite golfer. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't call Ricky Fowler my favorite guy on tour, but I, I love watching good people succeed. And Ricky Fowler, by all accounts, seems to be a very good dude. Um, very, very happy. Very, very cool to see him get a win. Hasn't had one of those in a while. 
Um, you know, all the, I don't know if you guys saw there was a viral video of uh, a crowd waiting to get into the stadium hole number 16, you know, early in the morning at the uh, the crack of dawn. And it was a shit show. People knocking over tables, running. It just, you know, for how much of an awesome party it seems like, it also basically seems like it is an excuse for every frat bro to be able to go and be his truest self in public um, <laughs> at a golf tournament. I, would I like to go to the tournament? Absolutely. Would I like to check out 16? Yes. Would I want to stay at 16? No. I, I think I think I'd rather go and watch the other 17 holes uh, and walk around and deal with minimal crowds and still be able to watch world-class players play. Um, but that's just me. I'm a fucking curmudgeon. You know what? Uh, what can I do? I'm like, hey, that, that is what it is. All right. Anyway, last little bit of professional-related news. <laughs> uh, per Brooks Kepka, did you know that Patrick Reed, quote-unquote, sort of apologized to his Ryder Cup teammates via text message? Uh <laughs> It was just so hilarious. I mean, after that tournament at the Farmers where uh, Patrick Reed gave Jordan uh, Spieth, you know, an ironical hug on the first tee, or yeah, it's just uh, the, the drama with that idiot just seems to continue all the time. I, I really, uh, my all my thoughts on Patrick Reed have been voiced on this podcast before, so I won't go into it again, but that that man is wildly confusing. Um, but he's a great heel. I mean, he, he's good for golf, so... Anyway, with that all being said, let's uh, jump into some non-professional golf-related news. And uh, and that will begin with uh, <laughs> actually a nice little uh, tidbit that I've had uh, kind of strewn into my inbox uh, here over the last week or two. I keep on getting the, the media emails, but uh, I did notice that Jeff Shackelford posted a little something on his website as well. And that is that one of my absolutely all-time favorite golf courses is going to get its first national television exposure uh, and I am talking about Alistair McKenzie's Jewel in Santa Cruz, uh, none other than Pasatiempo Golf Club. Um, Pasatiempo is going to be hosting the Western Intercollegiate, which is one of the most long-standing uh, men's college golf tournaments. I believe there's going to be somewhere between 15 to 16 different college teams uh, that are going to be participating. Uh, most, you know, the big boys from the Pac-12 will be there, the Cows, the USC, Washington, um, Stanford and those guys, and then I think uh, a few other big programs from <clears throat> uh, you know Middle America. I think uh, Texas El Paso uh, and and a few other ones will be there. But anyway, uh, what's going to be awesome is that I, I had never realized this before, and that is that Pasatiempo has never been <laughs> the host of a televised golf tournament. So aside from you know pictures on Instagram or on their website, most of the national golfing audience has never seen video. Uh, of people playing Pasatiempo, which seems like a crime because um, Pasatiempo, at least for, you know, if, on a personal level, Pasatiempo for me was my aha moment. You know, the first time that I had the privilege uh, of playing Pasatiempo, I think I was maybe 12 years old, and that's where I had my aha moment where I thought to myself, dude, I love golf. This is amazing. This is magical. Something about this golf course is unlike anything else I've ever played before. Um, and that's, you know, that's why I started to have ideas of maybe wanting to be a golf course architect, certainly wanted to stay inside the industry. I mean, it was a, uh, it was a transformative experience for me, uh, going out to play Pasatiempo Tiempo for the first time I've had, you know, I've been lucky enough to play it several times since, although I have not played it now in a few years. So I think I'm due to, uh, get around in down at Pasatiempo Tiempo here, uh, sometime in 2019. But anyways, uh, the Western Intercollegiate is going to be taking place the week of April 15th. 
Uh, it's going to be a three-day tournament. I believe the Golf Channel is going to be airing 18 hours of coverage on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So <laughs> as if April 14th was not a big enough day already, we have Master Sunday, April 14th, which, you know, as all of you definitely know, is the single greatest day of sport in the world in any given year. Master Sunday is my absolute favorite day on the calendar when it comes to sports watching. And then, you know, just as if Master Sunday wasn't quite good enough, we have the season premiere of Game of Thrones that evening, April 14th. And then, what's that? The very next day, we get to go watch some of the top collegiate players in the country go and play Pasatiempo in Santa Cruz. So that should be a lot of fun. Um, you know, for all of us here on the West Coast that actually have the ability to get to Santa Cruz without too many hours in an airplane or maybe even just a, a drive in the car, uh, it's going to be awesome. And I hope that if you haven't played it already, uh, watching this golf tournament and watch these guys get around Pasatiempo will inspire you to go and play uh, that golf course shortly thereafter. I know... According to a lot of the rankings, you know, from Golf Digest and, and things like that, um, it's mystifying that Pas Tiempo isn't rated higher. Um, at least for me, I, I went through a little exercise of the day. At, uh, after having my friend, uh, Mr. Sternis, uh, shout out Ty, um, he sent me his list of the, his, his top favorite golf courses that he's ever played, right? And so I was like, man, it's crazy. For how much golf I play, I, would, I don't know why I haven't done that. So I did the same thing myself. And then for like the top 30 or 40 courses... Um, well, I should say I made the list of every golf course I've ever played because I just wanted to know what the figure was. And then for the top, you know, 30 or 40, I try to put them into some kind of an order uh, of my favorites. And, you know, it after I did that ordering, um, Posse Tiempo was pretty much right where I expected it to be. And that was firmly inside my top 10. And that's including private clubs like Cypress and, and you know, things like that. I mean, Posse Tiempo is so fucking good. It, it's unbelievable. I think... You know, if it were not for the history and the views at Pebble Beach, um, it would be right there. You know, and just, you know, fuck that. My personal preference, I think it is the best public access course in the state of California, right on par with Pebble Beach. And really the only golf courses that I've played uh, on the public spectrum that contend with Pas Tiempo would be Pebble, and then the courses up at Bandon. I mean, it, it's right there on that same level as all those. Um, it, it is just absolutely spectacular. So, uh, again, long story short, Pas Tiempo going to be on your television for the three days following the Masters in April. So I hope you guys get a chance to go and look at that. Uh, another little tidbit of news that I wanted to uh, check out here real quick. And uh, this is a uh, report from Golf City uh, from Mr. Chris McEwen. Um, this is a little bit of an interesting statistic from the professional game that is there has been a 40% increase in 300-plus-yard drives in the last three years. So listen to this. In 2015, 29% of drives on the PGA Tour traveled 300 yards or farther, okay? In 2018, just three years later, that number went up to 41%. So one more time. In 2015, 29% of drives were 300 yards or farther. And last year, 41%. That is a 40 percent increase in just three years now if you extrapolate that um you know if, if we're going on the same thing it's not going to be very long before half of the guys on the pga tour are hitting 300 yard drives as their average which i mean i don't know if it's good i don't know if it's bad um my, my thinking is that it kind of tends to not be great because i don't really think guys are getting that much better at golf 
I mean, and obviously TrackMan and things like that are helping them be more efficient with their golf swings. But uh, yeah, I just don't know what to think about this distance thing. Um, also, a little note from uh, Chris McEwen's piece in Golf City is that uh, in 2015, 7.63% could hit the ball over 320 yards. All right. Last year, 2018, that number had doubled, right? Over 15%. Um, again, with all this, uh, if unless the USGA and the RNA do something about uh, equipment restrictions, who the hell knows um, <laughs> where this thing is going to go? So a little interesting little note there. And then finally, um, the last little bit of news uh, that I thought was pretty interesting is this news that was uh, initially reported... I believe, uh, by CNBC's Alex Sherman. Uh, and that is that <laughs> NBC Universal, who owns the Golf Channel, who owns Golf Now, uh, owns pretty much most of the major uh, golf media properties that you are probably familiar with, uh, except for Golf God, of course. Um, and that is that <laughs> they are planning on launching what is being referred to as the, quote, Amazon Prime of golf. Yes. So NBC Universal and Golf Channel... Our team made up with Royal McElroy to launch this uh, product called Golf Pass, where, you know, <laughs> on the heels of how successful and basically how reliant uh, everybody in America has become on Amazon Prime, uh, <laughs> NBC is trying to tap into that same business model, okay? And they are going to be offering golfers a chance for anywhere from 100 to $200 a year. Uh, they become a Golf Pass member, right? And what that will allow them to do is get a complimentary round of golf at one of the golf courses that Golf Now uh, works with. And, you know, the, the details are still wildly fuzzy. I would not be surprised if the quote-unquote free round of golf you get every month is just like a leftover throwaway, you know, round from a course where they got a hot deal that they couldn't sell. And so I'm not really sure uh, Golf Pass members are going to have any say in which golf course they get a free pass to each month. But you know, it's not really free for paying 100 to 200 bucks a year for it. So anyway, uh, so I guess discounted there. And then they also will have access to um, discounts on, you know, certain resorts and equipment. Uh, and if you have a premium membership, which is the one that costs $200 a year, it's going to include uh, additional benefits like uh, waived booking fees, extra discounts. And you also, you ready for this? You are going to have access to a bunch of, wait for it, instructional videos yes that is right you can watch youtube videos that aren't on youtube there have a pay, you know you can watch basically youtube instructional videos that would normally be behind a paywall uh <laughs> all this i think is actually really interesting it's funny just to see every single business that can put a annual subscription model in place trying to do so uh golf being no different you know, McElroy, who signed on with this, um, you know, he's supposedly the front man for this. He's going to be a f the face of this golf pass product. Uh, when asked about it, his quote was this, uh, quote, Arnold Palmer shown tr showed tremendous vision when founding the Golf Channel in 1995, and I'm thrilled with the prospect of helping to lead the game further into the digital era with Golf Pass and additional NBC Sports partnerships that help make golf more accessible and fun, end quote. Don't know if that's going to be the case, <laughs> but it is very interesting, and uh, I'm going to be fascinated to see how this works out to see if it is successful or not. Obviously, with the Golf Channel and NBC and you know everything that they control, they are certainly going to be able to put whatever sort of marketing power behind this to get golfers to know what's going on. Me talking about it on this podcast certainly isn't going to hurt anything, 
Um, but it is going to be, you know, from a business standpoint, I'm very curious to see if this is going to work or not. And uh, when we get more information on that, um, I'm sure I'll let you guys know. Uh, but with that, that pretty much puts a wrap on this week's news podcast. Uh, I want to thank all of you guys very much for uh, joining me and listening in. Um, I'd also want to give a huge thank you to my good friend, Broiler, um, whose song <laughs> is uh, become our new intro music. If you want to go check out his music, you can go to broiler.bandcamp.com. Um, really, really awesome stuff. And then, of course, our you know, outro music, so to, you know, so to speak, uh, from none other than Treasurer and President. So thank you to both those guys. In addition to checking out the newest issue of Pacific Coast Golf Guide magazine, I also uh, encourage you guys to go visit golfguide.net, uh, which may be changing a little bit here in the next week or two, um, because at golfguide.net you can find discounted golf at a uh, number of golf courses across Northern California with a few in Oregon and Nevada and Southern California as well. Uh, some of those courses you can actually save up to 70%. Pretty wild stuff. So uh, check that out, golfguide.net. Thank you to our musical sponsors for our intro and outro music. And uh, thank you to you, my lovely, lovely listeners. Um, if you do want to support the podcast, all that I ask is that you go leave us a review on iTunes. That is certainly very helpful. Uh, and with that, uh, thank you guys very, very much. I appreciate all of you. I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. Hopefully, you either get a chance to do one of three things, and that is watch the Pro-Am on television, go visit and actually watch the Pro-Am in person, or you actually get to go out and play some golf. Uh, and so with that, thank you guys so very much. I'll be back with you next week, and until next time, adios. <laughs>